This episode of Sluts and Scholars is brought to you by Balesa.co. Balesa is an empowering adult entertainment website for women. Launched just a year ago, Balesa has quickly grown to become a premier destination in porn with millions of women around the world joining the community. So go to Balesa.co to see some steamy videos that prioritize female pleasure, read some of the best erotic fiction on the web, and read some articles that talk about sex, relationships, and female health. Thanks to Balesa.co. Want to hear more? Follow us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars, or check out slutsandscholars.com. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta, and we are without my co-host Simone this week, but we are welcomed by the amazing, fabulous Jackie Beat, who has been entertaining audiences across the U.S. and Europe for over 25 years with her razor-sharp comedy and hysterical song parodies. Jackie not only warps hits from Madonna to Christina Aguilera and Cher and many others, but she flawlessly sings her twisted versions live, hitting every last note. Is that true? I try. (laughs) Her sold-out shows have been featured in comedy clubs across the country and on Comedy Central, VH1, and MTV. She's been in films, on TV shows, off-Broadway productions, and has written for everyone from Elvira to Joan Rivers. She has appeared on TV shows like Sex and the City and even in some movies, including Flawless with Robert De Niro. Jackie's latest venture, though, is impersonating her spirit animal, the one and only Bea Arthur, in both the stage version of the Virgin, in both the stage version or Virgin of the Golden Girls Live, which has sold out over 70 shows and as part of the mismatch game at the LA Gay and Lesbian Center to benefit homeless LGBT youth. Jackie currently lives in beautiful Altadena, California, with her amazing, sexy, wonderful furry children, Miss Tony and Darlin. <laughs> oh my God. Welcome. Did I die? <laughs> yes. That was a really great. I will read that at your funeral if you want. I love Stage Virgin. Stage Virgin. I haven't been a Stage Virgin since. I don't think I are you ever a, was. Are you a virgin of any kind? Yes. Oh, yes. yes? Uh-huh. Are you waiting until. I am waiting until it doesn't hurt, to be honest with you. It's I don't know if you're very kidding or important. not, I'm, I'm not therapist. kidding. I'm not kidding. This is very important that the very, very first thing within the first 30 seconds that we uh, make very straight is that there are not just tops and bottoms in the gay community. Yes, there truth. are also sides. Wait, tell No, somebody me, told me that. Willem. more. Do you know the drag queen Willem? From, no, but oh. when you said Willem, I thought Willem Dafoe. No. <laughs> Willem is the only queen to ever be kicked off of drag race. Why? And uh, there's different stories. Okay. <laughs> I think, like, maybe you're not supposed to use social media or talk to anybody on your phone, and maybe he called. I, I don't know what the real story is. But okay. anyway, he's made the like most the of it. Like The Bachelor, you're only allowed to, like, stay in the house and not talk to anybody. Yes. Okay. And throw up over the hedge, and beg a complete stranger to love you. So anyway, no, I said that once because, you know, I guess as a drag queen, you know, you're acting femme, so people just assume you're a bottom. But anyway, so I said once to Willem, I said, you know, I'm not into it one way or the other. And he's like, oh, you're a side. And I was like, oh, my God, totally top, bottom, side. Tell me more. Well, you know, that means you just fool around and you don't really... It's a big commitment. It's a lot of work. Do you feel like you've gotten shamed for that at all? 
oh God, when Alexis Arquette was alive, I would be singing a song mm-hmm. all about anal sex, as yeah. I am apt to do, uh-huh. bought me a house. And Alexis would just stand up and scream, anal virgin, fucking liar. Was the, In a did loving you, way. Did you want that kind of street cred? <laughs> no, not really. I, I don't. It's, it's like, you know, when people say I'm nice. It's like, hey, don't ruin things. You know, I'm, I make my living being a bitch. You I love that we went that, down though. this road. <laughs> really quickly. <laughs> this back road. Yeah. See, I knew that I said virgin on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything you'd like to say to people out there in the LGBT community that are also sides? Oh, just whatever you are, own it. And it really, listen, even though it is somewhat fear-based, <laughs> it's just, you know, I figure whatever you're supposed to be, whatever you want, whatever you don't want, wins out in the end. These people bitch about, I want a boyfriend, I want this, I want that. And I'm like, you obviously don't. You honestly... That's How do you think you came to terms with that yourself? Because I feel like Which it takes part? so long to, to like feel confident with that and just own it. Who cares? That's literally like saying I don't like, you know, anchovies. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I anchovies. Love it. The anal. weird thing is, I love anchovies. <laughs> do you like putting just, anchovies in your? <laughs> do you? Um, <laughs> uh, no, no. Um, <laughs> this is really bad. <laughs> no. Um, have do you like black licorice? No, it's gross. And you yeah. can say why. No, I adore black licorice. Oh. But that is But it's one, the same thing. Like it's why? one of my number one uh, most popular questions on social media. A couple years ago I just said, Oh, I love black licorice. What about you? And ninety eight percent of people hate it, but I love it. No love anal it. sex, but black licorice. <laughs> okay, so you were obviously Listen, never say never to black licorice. No, to anal sex. <laughs> At least, well, it's good to try and then know what you want. But, um, I mean, you're naming, you're talking about being a drag queen, and obviously some of our listeners already know what that is and, like, love all the things <laughs> about it and have been to many shows. But, like, tell me what drag means to you. Well, I've talked about this a lot, and I always get weird and nervous about repeating myself. But, you know, I get asked similar questions a lot. So I'm just going to... I feel, first of all, there are drag kings, which are women who dress like men. Yes. And again, if it is liberating, if it's fun, I say go for it. You know, it used to be shocking. Mm -hmm. It's rebellious. Maybe it's your true nature. So there are more reasons to do it than just it's amazing. Mm -hmm. But me personally, my argument has always been women in our society— Visually, fashionably, hair, makeup, accessories, and emotionally and artistically are allowed to express themselves a lot more than men. Yes. So a lot of the drag kings I've seen, and again, there are a million reasons to do things, and if it's totally what you're into, go for it. But most of the drag kings that I've seen are putting up a wall of macho, machismo, if you will. Mm-hmm. I hate that word. That's such machismo. A, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're either doing... Like, there's not much you can do. You're doing Sinatra mm-hmm. or a Mad Men sort of throwback, retro, misogynistic character. Or like a Magic Mike, like, muscular thing. Well, 
That's a little difficult for a drag king to do because mm-hmm. it's featuring so much body, but I guess they could do it. Yeah. But I guess, you know, you're doing a rapper. Uh-huh. A, they all... Like, it's pretty limited. They all are a wall. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, I'm a rapper. I'm really macho. I'm... I, I don't know. I just... I, I have always gravitated to everything feminine. When did you first know that that was something you liked to do? Um, well... I do remember when I was a little kid, I would do impersonations of like Carol Burnett and Cher. Can you and... give me some examples? <laughs> oh, God. That... Well, I mean, everybody can do Cher, right? <laughs> Chastity. I used to do this whole thing. Chastity, get out of that peanut butter. I've already bought your Christmas present and I'm not taking it back for a bigger size. It like sounds like Cher, but it also kind of sounds like that guy in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> oh yeah. No, the guy who's it like puts the oh, lotion on. Yeah. Oh, wait, were were she about a size fourteen? Yeah. Was she a big fat girl? <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. I, maybe they're the same person. Maybe Cher should do scenes from you know. Yeah. <laughs> or you could be Cher, who's doing scenes from. Oh, that's what I meant. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course, that's my, that's my idea. No, that's, I, my idea. I know it's yours. Okay, ten percent. <laughs> Give me a discount on the tickets. <laughs> no, but you know. So anyway, and I remember when I was a little kid that I could yeah. sing really well, mm-hmm. but I always sounded like a girl, so I stopped singing. And I didn't want to be in the choir, and I didn't want to because it was embarrassing. And I would answer the phone, and they would say, "Hello, madam," and I'd be, "I'm a boy." <laughs> so it was so, like something that people were responding negatively. You weren't like, "I sound like a girl." Other people said, "You sound like a girl." I was just afraid of that. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like I didn't even really. I could hear my voice, and it was like I was always singing the girl songs. The irony of that. Now I'm trying to hit the notes, and I have to pitch a song down. You know. I mean, to get on a serious note, I feel like I have so many clients who have experienced bullying or fear around that as a child, of course. How did you get to a place where you're using it as something that hopefully is empowering, but also is fun and like you own it? Well, I just think you either are a victim or you're not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and again, like to say that to a therapist, I just think some people just have a groove. They get really comfortable in I, that victim space. Yes. Yeah. I have an out-of-body experience when I'm being a victim, and it annoys me. And I'm like, I know this is probably not healthy, but if I have to, you know, notice a homeless person, a person with one leg, like if I have to really focus on, you know, it could be a lot worse. Mm -hmm. So, and I know a lot of people who just, their default is victim, and it's just, it, it gets you nowhere. So you never really, like, had that mentality? I just, you know, listen, I didn't want to get beat up, yeah. so I was funny. People, you know, there were people who hated me, but I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, never talk? Never walk? Yeah. It's their problem. And I, w- I would love to hear more about how you use humor now, because obviously it's entertaining, and it's funny, and you can be, like, such a sassy, amazing bitch— but like, how has humor helped you with things in life? Because you've been I can doing laugh comedy throughout, throughout AIDS, throughout everything. Yeah. I say I became a sexually active person the day AIDS gave its first fucking press conference. Hmm. It was like, hey, everybody, I'm out and proud. And what? What's that on the news? You know? <laughs> oh, okay, great. Good times. That's what I love. That's why there are people 
it's unbelievable that in 2018 there are people who still think that being gay is a choice. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, then why would anybody choose it in 1985 when every gay guy was dying? Yeah. Why would anybody choose it in 1885? Why would anybody choose it in Iran? You know what I mean? It's, it doesn't make any sense. What, they're just being rebellious? They're just being fashionable? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they want to get thrown off a building in the Middle East? It makes absolutely no sense. People are idiots. People, that's why I'm so blessed to have grown up with two parents I mean, my dad grew up in the Depression and was in the Navy. Wow. And my mom was a, you know, Roman Catholic who grew up in a uh, combination, um, uh, I want to, oh, uh, like... Um, like a nunnery? Like a convent oh. slash, um, uh, where, oh my God, orphanage. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's my job to think of words. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> You're nailing it. No, but, and, but they had the intelligence to accept the biological reality of gay people. Their best friends were a gay couple. This wow. is in the 60s and 70s in Scottsdale, Arizona. They did everything together. These That's pretty two progressive for like the backgrounds they came from. They were just smart. They were just, you know, and they weren't perfect. I yeah. mean, some of the stuff my dad said was borderline racist. And I know that he was just being funny. And, you know, I think that, but. And I'm, now you it's know. impacted your comedy routines. Oh, well, <laughs> you got to go there. Yeah, how else yeah. are you going to deal with it? Um, what's been your favorite outfit or favorite represent? I don't know, would you even call it an outfit? Or do you say like, this is an identity piece of me that I'm like sharing with the world? Well, first of all, it really is clown. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think that as far as clowns go, I'm pretty fucking sexy. And I'm pretty yes. and I'm pretty fucking pretty. You know what I mean? Like you can do full on and I have no problem with booger drag or hag drag they call it. Wait, tell you know? me what booger drag is. It's just really messy. Okay. And not very good, but okay. you know, it can be really hilarious and you know, and I mean I know people who perform they don't tuck. I mean they're wearing underwear and they don't tuck. Hairy chest, sweating bullets, and it works. Are you a fan of that? Not for you. If you said all that I just said, Mm -hmm. I would probably say no, but I've seen them, and they're amazing. And I've seen people with just horrible makeup. But it goes with the character. Well, you have, like, perfected all of your, like, makeup getup. How long did it take to learn all of that stuff? Oh, my God. When but, I like, first started. Like, I want started, some lessons from you because I, like, can't take care of myself. Because you want to look like a rodeo clown <laughs> slash whore? Sometimes. <laughs> only on, what's today, Thursdays. Yes, only on Thursdays. <laughs> no, um, well, um, when I first started, my makeup was horrible. First of all, if you have eyebrows, you're in trouble. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so you take brows off. I just shave them off because I've given up. I don't care what I look like as a guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just saying, I really don't care. Yeah. And when I walked in, I was wearing fake glasses. I have they probably not, two, nice two dozen pair of really interesting fake glasses. And if you put them on, it's like instant eye makeup and you can't really see that I don't have eyebrows. I just personally don't want to spend an extra 20 minutes covering my brows with a glue stick and powder and this and that, and you can always still see it. So I would rather just shave it off and have a completely blank canvas. But yeah, when I first started, it was so bad. I was like a broken Vitamix. I did not, send I me could so not you have to blend. to send me some pictures. <laughs> I could not blend. 
And I did my eyebrows with a Sharpie. And then you wash your face and they're still there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was very chola. But it still, <laughs> it still had style. The tattooed on brows. Yeah. Where I you mean, shave them off and then redraw them on. Exactly. Wow. But you know, then you just learn what works for you and what doesn't. And you look at other people's makeup and you're like, oh, I should try that. And I've never thought of that. And it's all illusion and, you know, contouring and highlighting and, you know. What are some favorite tips and tricks? Well, I think, and the whole thing is I used to be really anti-nose contouring. How come? Uh, I just thought if you let the light hit you, your nose sort of disappears. And if you put dark makeup, you know, on the sides, you can always see it. Anyway, I've been doing it lately. But first I started with just the white you know, down the bridge okay. to thin my nose mm-hmm. with no contouring. You know, just how did that look? <laughs> it 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 helps. <laughs> okay, but then I've added just this really light. I think queens, first of all, they do too dark. Mm-hmm. It looks like somebody said once. It looks like you contoured your nose with a Kit Kat bar. <laughs> but it's like, like you said, it's for many. It's supposed to be clownish, like over accentuated. Yeah, no? yeah, yes. But there's a fine line. I don't know what I don't I never know what that line is but I know it when I see it. If it's a the fine like line porn. the fine line you is You know the, it when you see it. Yes, exactly. And I see it all the time. Porn? Yes. No. <laughs> You've seen porn before? I've seen some <laughs> documentaries. Um documentaries? Anyway. I would watch both. No, I just um I mean for a while there a lot of queens were I'm just going to say it, and I, a lot of people will agree, and others will just think I'm bitter and making it up. A lot of people were doing my— But that's my, kind of your, your shtick, no? Well, a lot of people were, but I'm not joking. <laughs> a lot of people were doing my makeup. Yeah. Like, it was sort of like—and then I would go out of town, and these queens would be like, I have a picture of you in the dressing room, and I'm doing your makeup. And it's nice to hear. Yeah. Now there's a certain makeup, like from Drag Race. It's sort of a— I don't know, a twisted version of mm-hmm. it and a little prettier. Like it's evolving. Some, yeah, 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 yeah. Or but devolving. There, there almost seems like, but, but you know what I mean? Like everyone's doing the same makeup. And how about the tits? How do you do the boobs? Well, first of all, I've gained and lost 100 pounds five times in my life. Mm. I'm also, and I, I hate to say this, but I'm kind of a freak of nature. I, so I have a lot of man boob to actually push up. <laughs> Uh, so I just, I have these sort of teardrop shaped, uh, uh, not implants, but, uh, breast forms, if you will. Yeah. But I put them sideways. Like the little jelly, the little jelly thing. Well, they're, well, those are chicken cutlets and this is more like a turkey breast. Okay, turkey breast. No, they're really these big, like full, I think they're made for men. I think I wore those in like ninth grade and it just did not work for me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you're supposed to wear them uh, vertically, and I wear them horizontally and put them in the bra and then pull up everything I have and shove it up. And, you know, so it's partially me and partially, you know. It's, that's really drag in a nutshell yeah. is it's partially me and partially illusion. If you don't mind me asking, how do you deal with the weight loss and weight gain around your profession? And just personally, too. Well... You know, because then maybe your look will change or how you present it changes and and the clothes you wear. Mm -hmm. No, totally. I have just accepted the fact. I mean, it'd be so great. I know people Mm -hmm. 
I know people who have worn, like, they never go up or down. Mm. Well, fuck, and fuck those people. Exactly. <laughs> um, I would if I weren't a side. That's a callback, a comedy callback. Whenever you say side, I just think of someone like having sex with like a roll, it's like a fat roll on the side. Oh, see, I think of and like, I'm like I'm like okay, like I could just lay there and I not have of, to do anything. Yeah, I think of sticking your dick in a in a little side plate of coleslaw. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so. What were, oh, I, I just... I don't know, I'm so no, distracted no, by the coleslaw now. It was yeah, about yeah. weight. Yeah, weight. I just, again, I've just accepted that, you know, it goes up and down, and thank God I'm funny. I mean, honestly, if my whole career was based on high kicks and, you know, having legs up to here, I would be, I don't know, I'd be all stressed out all the time. How I mean, you, I could do this in a wheelchair. Yeah. Not that I intend <laughs> to. Well, the Bay but, Arthur, right? Golden Girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are one of the only drag performers I've seen that actually sings and makes their own songs. How did you decide to do that? Because most of the people I've seen do the lip syncing, and it is entertaining and fun, but, like, it how is? did you break that mold? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's I not. I just feel like it's 2018, yeah. and we should probably evolve. Mm-hmm. But I understand if you can't sing. So you haven't sing. always been singing and doing your own songs? Yeah, I have. So how did you decide to do that? When, like, you don't most decide. Work, you just do. Well, first of all, I, you have to understand, when I started doing drag, it wasn't like there were no makeup. There was no internet. Mm-hmm. There was no, the only famous drag queen was Divine, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. And Divine's message is like anything goes. Divine couldn't sing very well. She sang like this, and you know, but she did it. And I mean, she had hit songs. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, like I said, there was no YouTube where you can go get a makeup tutorial. You had to learn it all on your own. It wasn't a way to make money. Mm-hmm. In the 90s, there were maybe eight or ten of us making money. Wow. And going, traveling and doing shows. I'm just saying, you know, like Lady Bunny, me, Coco Peru, Varla Jean Merman, Sherry Vine, you know, Joey Arias. I mean, there's obviously more, but I'm just saying that it wasn't the type of thing. Nobody looked at drag and said, oh, I'm going to make a lot of money doing this. So why did you decide to do it? Because I was good at it. Yeah. And I made a lot of money at it. I'm just saying that now, the the reality show, and again, you know, I don't want to, I just... You're getting very excited about I the microphone. I just the microphone. I'm a little drunk. I saw. No. I think she uh, hit you first. Yes. Yeah. No, I don't want to come across like Norma Desmond in Sunset Boulevard, like okay. you know, like you know, bitching about the talkies. <laughs> yeah. But he's young. Some, she had some points. No, I'm just saying that when it is, re, Drag Race is a reality show, and it has changed everything. Yeah. And some what of has it's it been, changed for people who haven't tracked it? Well, some of it has been great because I've toured with a lot of queens from Drag Race and I've made, you know, you can make more money. Yeah. But there's also a part of it, like, it is a reality show. So, obviously, they want drama. They want it young, young, young. All the fans are 14-year-old girls, so the boys have to be cute when they're out of drag. Mm. It's really... You know, like you used to do drag because you thought you didn't look that great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or uh, drag was honestly the misfits within an already, you know, so for you misfit it was a safe community. space to create the persona that you wanted to be in performance. Yeah, and now it's like you have to look sexy in and out. 
of it? Well, like I said, I just think that the fans are 14-year-old girls and, mm-hmm. you know, it's on VH1 now and yeah. I don't know if I'm making a good point. No, I, I, I agree and I think... Um, it's like anything. It's like gay rights. Mm-hmm. Do I like walking down the street without getting beat up? Yes. Has it watered down things a little bit? Was it, in a way, more fun when things were more dangerous and, you know, you went to these underground clubs and it wasn't so accepted and mm-hmm. you felt like you were a part of something special? Yeah. So that felt exciting. Yes, I'm just saying, yeah. So you make progress, but you lose something along the way. And I think, I mean, I'm guessing that not many of my listeners are of the right-wing conservative side of things just based on the name of the podcast. Right. But for people who really don't understand the difference, can you speak a little bit to the difference between someone who likes to dress up in drag or identifies as a drag queen versus someone who is trans? Well, the problem with trying to explain that is that for... 10,000 people, there are 10,000 different stories and feelings. And I know you can't represent every person. Yeah, yeah. To me, I always went out of my way in interviews, this is many years ago, to make sure people knew that this was only my job and I don't walk around the house, you know, in a marabou-trimmed, you know, peignoir. Okay. And then then it like slowly kind of, like I'm just a clown. Why do you think you felt like you had to make that delineation? And this is a high concept character like Elvira or Pee Wee Herman and it just so happens that the character's female and I'm a man. I just, you know, I just felt the need and then I kind of stepped back and I'm like, wow, like I think you doth protest a little too much. Hmm. I think that First of all, there's male and female in everyone. Yes. And I don't think you can dress like a woman, even professionally, for close to 30 years and not be somewhere on the trans spectrum. So, and it hurts me when I see posts or hear trans people saying that drag queens hate them or they're not supportive, Hmm. you know. Why do you think that is? Well, first of all, it's a completely different world now. You are yeah. either Mother Teresa or Hitler. Honestly, people cannot deal with or they're too lazy to deal with gray areas mm-hmm. or they haven't been trained or... Or they think that learning about it is too much work. That might be it. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that in this world... I really world, liked your song, uh, There's a Man... What is it? There's a Man in the Ladies' Room? Oh, Penis in the yeah, Ladies' Room? Yeah, Penis in the Ladies' Room. yeah. yeah. Well, I just think that uh, it's so ironic that we each have this contraption that all you have to do is push a button and you can learn about something. Mm -hmm. And we know less than ever about the past. When I was a kid, I knew about big band music and Shirley Temple and all sorts of things. that were. Shirley Temple. I'm just saying all these things that were not of my era because I'm a naturally curious person. Mm -hmm. But now it's almost because it's so easy to look stuff up. They just don't bother. Well, but, I know but you, what I was going to say yeah. about, about, like, I think a lot of young people think, like, I'm of the generation that uses the word tranny. It is a totally, it's a term of affection. And it, some people label themselves as that. Yes, I know a lot of transsexuals yeah. that totally use that because they just don't want to be that dead serious. But there is something about millennials and post-internet, I don't know, I, I can't explain the chemical, you know. Uh, like you can't say anything without somebody being upset. 
Is well, of course, there's going to be yeah. somebody. Right. There's always going to be some. You could literally type, the sky is blue. And someone will be upset. And somebody will be like, <laughs> my grandmother's eyes were blue and she and just died today. this is not today. blue. Yeah. <laughs> That's not But funny, again, but I don't want to invalidate people's feelings. Yeah. But my attitude is we are raising children with no emotional um, immune system. Mm. You look at them the wrong way. It's like you need to get in the dirt. To, to build up your immune build system. up your immune system when you're a kid, yeah. you know. Otherwise, everything's going to make you sick. And if you when don't, I hear that you had to face maybe a lot of that in your life, and now it's made you not in that victim mindset. That's right, kind of what it seems like. Yeah. Now some of these kids, because they've been so sheltered, mm-hmm. every contest they're in, they get the participation, you know, yes. ribbon. Thank you for participating. I'm just saying that's not the way the real world works. Yeah. And I don't want the world to work that way. If you're not good at something, you need to learn it sooner than later and stop going down that path. If you want to sing in the shower, sing in the shower. If you want to be an actor or an actress or a director and it's not really going your way, there's a million other ways. You can work with children. Do children's theater. Do local theater. Do dinner theater. You don't have to give up on your dream, but I think somebody who wins an Oscar should stand up there and say... This, they, this is what they say. Yeah. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Hang on to your dreams. No. Not everyone. Nobody. We'll get there. This is like rolling the dice, and not only does it land on a certain number, it lands on the corner. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, balances there. That's something I've, I mean, I'm a therapist outside of here, and so I get a lot of people that come in, and they are usually millennials, and when any real issue happens, they get so stuck because it's like they, their parents thought they were maybe doing them a favor by creating a better life for them and giving them so many opportunities. And now they get stuck because when the going gets tough, they get so anxious and overwhelmed that they feel like they don't have the resources to do it, to do anything. Right. Well, like I said, uh, you, some of these kids, you look at them the wrong way and they go attempt suicide. And it's just like we are not doing them any good by... That's not the way the world works. Well, and it seems like you're someone who's always done like what some would consider like offensive comedy or whatever. So how do you use like jokes that are off color or not PC or whatever and keep going despite maybe this well, millennial that, for, approach? First of all, that's what comedy is. Right. And these millennials, I mean, you know, big, famous, successful, brilliant comics mm-hmm. are canceling college tours. Mm. Because these idiots <laughs> can't handle comedy. Hmm. I don't know about you. I don't need to joke about sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. I need to joke about 9-11, AIDS, and, you know, child molestation. It's the only way we have survived as a race. Mm-hmm. Honestly, as a species. So comedy is really like a survival mechanism of for course. you, Of course. When I wrote for uh, Joan Rivers... Mm-hmm. No one told Joan Rivers not to tell a fucking Holocaust joke. Yeah. If some 80-something-year-old Jewish woman cannot tell a Holocaust joke, who can? It's like I said, it's like you got you to gotta laugh at this shit. It doesn't mean you're, I don't know. You're taking I wonder the, how we can find a balance now between that. I mean, you're kind of saying maybe there isn't well, a balance. Well, the problem is when you say nothing's sacred— Yeah. How I don't understand where balance comes into that. Mm-hmm. If you, here's the thing: it's a, it's a form of laziness, like we said earlier. Uh-huh. People 
want to hear or see you do something and then they immediately put you in a category. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no irony. Maybe you're playing a character. You know, yeah. it's just... And listen, I get it. It's a fine line. And, but my attitude is, if you're honestly offended, you need to know that the KKK or like, you know, Breitbart or I don't know, the alt-right, whatever, pick some racist, like this is not, I did not start doing drag almost 30 years ago mm -hmm. and then shave everything, places you don't even know exist <laughs> and spend two hours doing my makeup and then show up at this club to sneak in my racist agenda, mm -hmm. you know? So it's kind of like that, I forgot who said it, but it was basically like, I call and name myself as fat before you can call me fat. Like owning that. Well, I, I, I'm not sure if that's... <laughs> well, because people, people out there are always going to like say something and then it exists. And so you're just kind of naming it and taking ownership over it first. I'm just saying. Yeah. If, okay, we did that song, Penis in the Ladies' Room. Yeah. And we sing Tranny in the Ladies' Room. Mm -hmm. And it is obviously playing devil's advocate. Yeah. I am playing this woman in a track suit with her kid yeah. who is shopping, and her kid has to go to the bathroom, so we go into the ladies' room, and, and there's all these tranny. trannies. Right. right, she would say that. All these people came out of the woodwork. How, why did you have to say that word? Mm. It would not work if you didn't say that word. It just wouldn't. Because so what are some other times you've been judged for comedy and things you've put out there, like using tranny. But one of the things I responded to when people, I said, if you watched an episode of uh, Transparent, mm -hmm. you know, the series that everyone loves, it's so groundbreaking, and there's trans people who, you know, produce and write the show. Yeah. If you watched that show, and in an episode, mm -hmm. a character rolled down a window and yelled, hey, tranny, would you attack the show or the writers, in that context, you're showing how ugly it is out there. Mm -hmm. And again, if you, they always think like they caught you. Like you're supposed to know better or something. Like, oh, you're just clowning around and mm -hmm. all of a sudden that word came out of your mouth and it shows what a racist or transphobic mm -hmm. person. Yeah. Yeah. But it was very like thought out for you. Well, the whole point is that it's irony. Yeah. And some people, listen, I get it. Like, there's some people that think like, oh, you know, this is just racism dressed up as irony. And I'm mm -hmm. like, no, it's true irony. It's the complete opposite of how I actually feel. So how do you respond to all the haters? Well, I've learned not to read the comments. Okay. Yeah, that's, I just, good, that's good advice. And, and it really is like arguing with somebody who speaks a different language. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty good at, like I said, if you were watching Transparent and a character rolled down the window and yelled yeah. that word, would you still be offended? Mm -hmm. Or is it showing? You know, I try to come up with things like that. I try to make my point. Yeah. I just find it hard to believe that anybody thinks that I'm really, you know, there are things I hate. That you're hateful or... I hate... I can't, well, I'm I shouldn't so say, ready for this list. No, I cannot tolerate. I'm so anti-religion, I cannot even tell you. And it's really getting bad because, you know, there's certain religions that you're allowed to make fun of as a liberal. You mm -hmm. can make fun of evangelical Christians. I feel exactly the same way about all of them. I really do. 
grow the fuck up. I have no problem with spirituality or believe that maybe something is out there. Mm -hmm. I am, I'm just a little, like I have one big toe back in agnostic because I think it's just as, uh, um, what's the word I want to say? Arrogant Mm -hmm. to say I know 100% that there isn't a God. I mean, I'm pretty sure. But I just feel like it has done more harm than good. Yeah. And listen, I think it's great if you can help people and you can take people under their wing. But it's like, it's just so psychologically, in my opinion, damaging. And it's so anti-nature. And it's just, I think it's done more harm than good. And I think when you step back and you say, this has done more harm than good, you need to rethink it. But, you know, our whole country is based on religious freedom. And how do you stay confident with yourself, though, when people say negative things like that or don't agree? And, like, what if it's a friend? Um, I do have some friends. I, you really just need to think they need this. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I have a friend who's a Christian. Mm-hmm. But I have to be honest, she's a Christian in the true sense of the word, which is, you know, Let's really treat people the way Love Jesus. Love and respect. Yes, everyone. exactly. And she's very anti-organized religion. Yeah. So it's easy to respect that. Um, it's just so difficult to understand what some people believe. It'd be no different if I had a friend who said, "Well, I believe that being gay is a choice." I'd be like, "Okay, like, how do you argue with that?" So you just sort of like don't engage when you know you can't argue with well, someone who's speaking a different language. Uh, yeah, and the problem is so so much of my work is so disrespectful to religion, uh-huh. and you know what I mean. It just really is. It's just trying to show how ridiculous and yeah. like, and you know, and then there's certain things that are just lazy. It's just shock value one hundred and one. Like you know, if you do so, that's why my Christmas show is so popular. But I'm just saying because so much of my material is disrespectful. There are a few friends that I feel a little like, you know, and then I do a certain song and I might have a black friend at the show and I'm just like, I wonder how they're feeling about like, do, because all of us Mm -hmm. have that. Listen, I say nothing is sacred. We all have that one thing or there's a moment where you're like, this is a bit much, but that's the whole point. Is there one thing like that for you? Like anything you don't think it's okay to joke about? You know what I will not joke about is Black Lives Matters. Ah. Black, black lives matter. <laughs> black lives matters. <laughs> no, that is the one thing. I just, I, it really bothers me mm. when people say blue lives matter, all lives matter, and then they try to be funny. Drag lives matter. Like, I just won't pervert that. I will not. Um, Why does that feel like the one thing for you? I just felt so emotional right now. Really? Well, it bothers me that people yeah. do not get what that those three words mean. Mm. If you have to say, obviously all lives matter. Yeah. That's what black lives matter means. Mm. The, 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 the fact that you have to point it out, yeah. you know, and I'm not trying to be some like, oh, over the top. No, but it like, obviously I'm some sounds white like guy. it really means a lot for you. you know, yeah, it's the tell. one thing that I don't like to joke about. And yeah. I'll joke about race, mm-hmm. but I will not, you know, I don't really like a me too joke mm-hmm. either. I just feel like, there's certain little areas where people are fighting, you know, to make a point. Yeah. And I just don't want to piss on it. You what know, do you I think don't want to differentiates that view from maybe the more like overly sensitive, as you were saying, like millennial person. 
because they, they might feel the same way of like, oh, I'm trying to protect these things and these do feel sacred and important and we're making progress. And well, I mean, I hate to boil things down to a hashtag, yeah. but there's a hashtag trans is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't pervert that. Mm-hmm. I can dance around. And again, uh, I make what could be considered, I will say racial, not racist, yeah. uh, jokes, uh, you know, transgender. I mean, I've done songs that are just horrible. I mean, really. How like, did, I, yeah, did, I want to know more later like, how I, you come up with the songs. There's a Christmas song. Well, first of all, it's what, what rhymes? You know, like, what is this song? Sound? There's a Christmas song. Um, I was at your last Christmas show, so did you sing it then? No, no, oh, okay. it's an old one, Joy to the World. Okay. But I sing, boy or a girl, I cannot tell. And wow. it's like, obviously, that it's some, like, you know, 47-year-old, <laughs> you know, chain-smoking woman who's like, you know, what is that? Like, oh, my God. I don't know. that. I, to me, you have to step back and go, where is the laugh coming from? Uh-huh. Who are we laughing at? I do, oh, this is terrible. I do. I feel like you've said that about everything you've I introduced. I'm, I'm a terrible like, person. Oh, this is terrible. No, but. I'm a terrible person. No. That's but it biggest. makes you money. I am actually <laughs> such a good person. I know, and I don't know if you're okay with me sharing it, but when you were talking about the Black Lives Matter, like you seem to tear up a little. And I know that, you know, I, I hear that you're using humor well, and all these things for things that really matter to you. Yes. Oh, so, oh, what was it? What was it? Oh, Okay, so there's a, a Brian Adams song. Okay. Uh, he's the old Canadian like singer yes, from yes. the 80s and 90s called Heaven. Mm-hmm. And I do it as seven. And it's about dating a seven-year-old. Whoa. And the first time I ever sang it, a guy in New York stood up and stormed out. And he went to the management and he said, it's illegal to even sing or joke about such a thing. I work in child protective services. I'm calling the police and I'm having the show shut down. I don't know what happened. I heard that later. The show, well, the show did not get shut the down. The show did not get shut down. But my point is now I preface that song. I, I said, I want to make it very clear. We are laughing at the person who thinks this is a valid relationship. That's where the joke's coming from. I'm not making fun. I'm really not making fun of the victim. And maybe I'm justifying it. Uh-huh. But I know what I feel. And I know where the laugh is coming from. Yeah, tell this me what guy is song... De- well, like, um, I mean, it's really terrible. Well, no, I want to know where the, the inspiration for the songs come from. Like, are you looking at, you know, whatever's happening in the culture, and then you're like, this speaks to me, I'm going to make a song about it. Like, what does your process look like to come up with the things that you do? It is. Because there's so many original songs. Yeah. Well, first of all, they're parodies. No, so I'm many just saying, original so, parodies. No, I just, no, I want to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, I don't want people to, th- you know, I, I don't want to take credit for something <laughs> You mean you're not I, Britney Spears. No. Or Cher. <laughs> oh, Britney Spears is, yeah, so, so original, writes all her own songs. No, you don't. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying, and it's, it's layered. Mm-hmm. I will be listening to the radio, and um, you'll hear a song, and you'll be like, oh my God, I can make it about this. You know, like, you, you first do the title, and this sounds so stupid, but like, okay, maybe two or three years ago, I did Rock Around the Clock. Rock Around the Cock? No, it was Shock You Off of Cock Tonight. I'm going <laughs> to shock. And it was all about Mike Pence, like giving <laughs> people uh, electroshock therapy. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I brought some guy up from the audience, and I had this thing made. I keep hitting this. With a colander that had, like, lights. And oh it, yeah, at the gosh. end, it went, and he was cured. And, um, from gay? Yes. Cured from gay. Yes. 
So it's like, and, and then there's ones, like, I, uh, there's ones where it's sort of a, a double whammy. Mm-hmm. Like, years ago, I did Jennifer Lopez, Waiting for Tonight, oh, but yeah. I did uh, Dating Someone White, oh, because <laughs> she was dating Ben Affleck. And that kind of makes me white, too. I'm dating someone white. Oh, do I look Caucasian to you? And it was all about how she... And then in the middle of it, there's a musical part. I pulled out actual chips from Home Depot, paint samples, like on cards. And to show what white was. And I said, (laughs) let's go through Jennifer Lopez's dating uh, history. She used to date Puff Daddy, Chocolate Brown. Then she dated Chris Judd, Graham Cracker, now she's dating Ben Affleck, Marshmallow. Is the bitch dating or making s'mores? <laughs> and it's just ridiculous. And then I had to stop singing it because she married Mark Anthony. And what, what? But that's what I call a double whammy because it was a song by her about her. Yes. I've done a lot of songs like... About I, something else. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like My uh, favorite one of yours is the voices Carrie, watching Carrie. Oh, yeah. That's been stuck in my head like years after I saw your first show and I like can't get it out. Oh, good. <laughs> well, it's it ruining really, my life, It Jackie. really is my favorite movie. <laughs> Wait, can you, for people who haven't heard it, can you do a little snippet? Oh my gosh, I don't even think I remember. I think it's like, my, hush, hush, quiet down now, watching Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> now you're now into okay, you just hush, did it. Maybe you could play a little bit and insert it. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Probably, as long no, as but, it's uh copyrighted by you, I guess. I'm allowed, yeah. allowed to play it. Yeah, I think so. But uh yeah, and then some of the fun is how serious that song is. Yeah. My favorite film came out on DVD. <laughs> you know, with um And now you have a carry room. I do. Well, I had a I had a carry room in my other house in um, Highland Park. It was the office, and now in my new house in Altadena, it's the guest room. Guests so people have don't to stay in the murder room. They don't have to. Well, n- now she's not a murderer. Oh, sorry, telekinetic. <laughs> yes. Princess. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's my favorite movie because the message is "Don't mess with the freak." Like you just never know That's who why you're you dealing like it. with. Don't. Yeah, be nice. Just be nice, because you never know. So if you mess with Jackie B, you will get pig's blood thrown on you. It's the other way around. You will get thrown against a wall and squashed and lit on fire. (laughs) Oh, it's the other one. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, I love it. Okay, so we unfortunately have to wrap up soon, but— Oh, my God! This always goes so fast. (laughs) I really can talk. Well, you can totally come back. We would love to have you another time. But I know you've talked about maybe judgment from people within the community about things that are offensive. But how have you been judged for your job, for your identity, like outside of here um, and outside of that community? Well, first of all, it was a choice to do this. And, like, if something makes you happy and you're making money and it seems to kind of come naturally, like, like this is fun. Like, I can't think of anything more fun than sitting down and completely ruining a already horrible song. <laughs> I love it when the song is just horrible, you know, like I do All Night Long by, uh, All night long. Yeah, by uh, Lionel Richie. I yeah. hate that song. It's yeah. just horrible. But I do Small White Schlong. <laughs> So I'm just saying there's nothing more fun and then <laughs> than ripping apart a shitty song. And just ruining just ruining everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a look on people's faces that I live for. Yeah. 
But I can't even remember what I was going to say. Well, now. just like responding to hateful people. I mean, it, oh, you seem so, so it's not like I have that. a choice. Yeah, I just you know like what are you going to do? Honestly, like I re- I was so best the pleasure friends. you get from it outweighs the the maybe the hate or the shitty I responses. I don't deal with I don't if you're it's not your cup of tea. Move on. Yeah. But like seriously, I was like best friends with Alexis Arquette, and Alexis was an amazing actor. And if I ever refer to Alexis as he, it's just because like the story I'm telling at that moment, it was a he. Yeah. He was a he. But it, my my point is, I remember Alexis being told by certain people like you don't need to use the word gay, and 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 Alexis was just like, am I really going to like pretend to be someone I'm not or some something I'm not or be less than who I am just to get in a fucking movie? Mm. And I just love that attitude, and um, I just can't imagine. Like, what I was going to say before was, I have friends that are very successful, like in, you know, the business and TV and like public relations and work for, you know, and they have, you know, these giant, you know, houses. And I feel like (laughs) I could have done that. I'm a very creative person, and I could have, like, you know, gotten one of those normal jobs and gone to work every day in a suit. Comedy writing. and Yeah, I mean, I could have done it, but I just didn't. It wasn't for me. And so this is, I'm just, it's, I just, I feel like it's almost like telling someone they're being courageous for having, you know, green eyes. It's like, you, you were just, that's just who I am. It's not, I can't take credit for it. Yeah. And I almost feel guilty. It's like, where we, I don't know who we I'm speaking for, the royal we, are grateful that you decided to go into this field. Um, thank you so much for joining us on Sluts and Scholars. Um, if you would like people to find you or hire you. I'm both. Slut and a scholar. Yes. That's why you're here. But we do accept people who are just sluts and just scholars. Okay. <laughs> um, so if you want people to find you or tell about any like shows you have coming up, how can they find out? Well, first of all, you can visit my website, MissJackieBeat.com. And you can click on schedule, and then you can see where I am performing. I love it. Sounds like, so simple. Grandma, <laughs> this is how the internet works. I, uh, I was I told you earlier, my grandma was supposed to come to your last show. So yeah. next time, I will bring it for her. Good, bring her, good. bring it for her. I will bring her to it. Good. And then people can follow me on social media. Everything is Jackie Beat. And see Facebook, your super cute dogs. Yes. Facebook, Instagram. Uh, what's the other one? Twitter. Yes, Water. Twitter. It's all just at Jackie Beat. Well, thank you so much for joining us thank for another you. episode of Sluts and Scholars. Again, if you want to hear more episodes, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and you can hit us up on social media on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars and on Twitter at Sluts Scholars. Thank you. Scholars.